wonder of our Savior, uh, our Redeemer, the resurrection and life, it really captures who Jesus is, and that is important to us. I love it because Christmas is more than just the celebration of the birth of a child of, of Christ at Christmas. Today, we are celebrating the birth, yes, but we're also celebrating a sinless life. Jesus lived a sinless life, and ultimately, we're celebrating the death and the resurrection of a Savior. And again, we're glad that you're here because this is an important moment for us to, uh, to encounter who Jesus really is. And to accomplish this, this whole season, we have been working hard on focusing on the nativity. And it's been important to us to look at stories surrounding the nativity. And we've been reading and rereading and encouraging you to read these accounts and letting them speak to us. And tonight we're going to do the same. We've looked at the shepherds and the wise men at the first, uh, first Sunday when we unfolded this idea. And the, what's interesting is that the shepherds and the wise men, they were the first and they were the last on the scene for the nativity kind of the bookends. And we kind of wrapped up our time that first Sunday saying that our gifts become someone else's miracles. And we believe that. And I want to just encourage you that your gift of time, your gift of your talent, your gift of your resources, your money, become an investment, a miracle on the other side. And so it's important that we're giving gifts. The second thing we said, or the second week, we focused on Mary and Joseph. And if you were with us, we tried to imagine what it might have been like to be Mary or Joseph. Put ourselves in their shoes. And we looked at their character. And we looked at their obedience and understanding that, boy, there was a lot around that that was so important. And we asked the question, if the Lord was going to replicate what happened on Christmas 2,000 years ago again, would he find us with the character, with the obedience like Mary and Joseph? I hope so. And then last Sunday, we focused on the supernatural that was at work in the nativity story. And if you were with us on Sunday, we looked at the stars and the angels, and we looked at uh, God's divine plan for us. And in each of the cases, there was a supernatural component for the magi, for the wise men. Uh, There was this star in the sky. For Mary, it was an angel. For Joseph, it was a dream. And even for Jesus, he was born of a virgin. How much more supernatural can we get, right? The creator of the universe and everything that has ever existed came to earth as, an, as a vulnerable baby. And we looked at that. And with the supernatural at work, we know, number one, that God sees the big picture in our lives. Aren't you thankful for that? That we may not see it perfectly, but God does. He's watching over us and he understands right where you are, but he also knows the future perfectly. The second thing we said is that God speaks to us in different ways. To one, it was an angel. To another, it was a dream. For us, uh, we can hear the Lord through the Word of God and how important that is, that God speaks to us in different ways. And then we focused on, as we close, that God steers us in the right direction. And it's our chance and it's our responsibility, really, to walk out His plan, to be faithful in that. In each of the previous, previous messages, we focused on Jesus. We pointed to Jesus. And it's interesting that the nativity, when we think about that, it would not even be discussed if it were not for God's plan unfolding. 
the birth of a Savior, the culmination of hundreds of prophecy being fulfilled. The truth is, the birth story at its own, if you look in Luke chapter 2, uh, verses 6 and 7, it's not all that exciting. We understand. In Luke chapter 2, I love this, it just says this simply. It says, while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, right? And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son, and she wrapped him in clothes, placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. Pretty ordinary, right? Nothing fancy, nothing supernatural in that moment necessarily, but what's supernatural is everything else surrounding the nativity. It's those things that make that moment special. And everything surrounding the nativity points to Jesus 100%. Now, for us that would call ourselves Christ followers, if you, are believing, if you believe in Jesus, we need to be careful that the world that we're living in, and you may have already experienced this this year, the world, the culture, our schools, the government is trying to take Christ out of Christmas, to secularize it. But listen, I want you to walk away tonight knowing that Christmas without Jesus is absolutely meaningless. Can I say that again? Christmas without Jesus is meaningless. And within the Christmas story, there's some interesting things about Jesus that kind of pop at us. And uh, there's three things I want to talk about that kind of set him apart. The first is Jesus' origin. And you look at it in Luke chapter 1, verse 35. It says this, And the angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. This is the angel talking to Mary, of course. And the origin of Jesus is supernatural. We don't understand how it all works, but we understand that the Holy Spirit is who overshadowed Mary and allowed Jesus to be birthed. His origin was supernatural. The second thing we see in the uh, nativity story is the identity of Jesus. Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, in that story, it says, The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. We see the same or similar idea in Luke chapter 2, verse 11. And I, and I want to read this. Luke 2, verse 11, if I can turn there quickly, says this, Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Messiah, the Lord. I love that. His identity was revealed in the nativity story, in this Christmas story. And then a third thing, his destiny. So not only his origin, his identity, but his destiny was revealed. In Luke chapter 1, verses 32 and 33, look what it says. It says, He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. His destiny was revealed. What an incredible truth. It's all about Jesus. And we've looked over the last couple of weeks at Luke's account and Matthew's accounts of the nativity, of the Christmas story. But this evening, or this afternoon at this point, this Christmas Eve, let's look at one more account. And if you have a Bible, you can turn with me. Otherwise, it'll be on the screen in John chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. 
we see John's account of the nativity. It's a little unique. It says this. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that, was, that had been made. And in Him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. Now, you say, this is not the traditional uh, nativity narrative, but what we see here is that Jesus is the Word. We understand that. We see God's plan, the supernatural, from the very beginning of time. This was God's plan to redeem. We see the divinity of Christ in these words. We see Jesus described as the Creator. He's described as eternal. He's described as the life and the light. A lot of truth found here in who Jesus was. But let's skip to verse 14 that says this, And the Word, that's Jesus, And the Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. That's the Christmas story. Jesus came, flesh, made His dwelling among us. That's Jesus. And His journey to the nativity was amazing. And with his arrival, it allowed others to encounter him like they never were able to before. The shepherds and the wise men, they encountered Jesus. Mary and Joseph, they encountered Jesus. The innkeeper, which we haven't talked about, they, he, he would have encountered Jesus. And even later, old man Simeon in Luke chapter 2, he encountered Jesus. They all encountered the Savior in Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, it says, Emmanuel, God with us. And in that moment, when Jesus was born, they encountered, it allowed others to encounter him in a new way. Each journey led to Jesus. And this, this afternoon, guess what? Your journey this Christmas is pointing to Jesus as well, whether you know it or you don't. In fact, Jesus has been pursuing you. The truth is, is that he's here, right here, right now. And I want to just forget about this for a moment, that it's Christmas Eve. I want you to forget tomorrow morning, if you can. I want you to forget what's going to happen later tonight with your family or friends, the food that you might be eating, your favorite treat, or certainly the gifts that are coming. And let's focus for the next few moments, that we are in the presence of God. Can you imagine that? God with us, Emmanuel. And the goal of this whole series and kind of culminating tonight is that our hearts would be open to respond to Him, that we would not miss out. See, it's not enough just to hear about Jesus. It's not enough to look at the nativity or the manger and sing a song about it or say, oh, how nice, wasn't that touching, uh, that scene, or what a great story. The truth is, is if you hear the story, if you hear the truth of the gospel but choose not to believe, if you get all sentimental at Christmas but you miss Christ, it is a great tragedy. Missing the gospel story. See, we've said this whole series that all you need to know about the gospel, that's the good news of Christ, you can learn from the nativity. 
You can learn who Jesus is, his divine, that he's divinely God, his origin, his destiny. He is Emmanuel. He has made his dwelling among us. And by the way, from the very beginning of the series, we've said that Jesus, he made room for all people. No one was excluded in the nativity. And that simple gospel message can be wrapped up in a couple verses that may be familiar to most of us. In John chapter 3, I want you to uh, focus on this. Verse 16 says, For God so loved the world, right, that he gave his one and only Son. That's what happened at Christmas. That whoever believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. God gave his Son. That's Christmas. That whoever would believe would have eternal life. That's salvation, a right standing with God, forgiveness, and ultimately eternal life. In verse 17, it says that God is not condemning the world. But verse 18 says, whoever believes, whoever believes could be saved. As I was thinking about this a few weeks back, a, a story came to my mind and I wrestled with it and I didn't understand, but then I saw how God might be putting the pieces together. It's a story of when I was a teenager, late in my teens, um, I used to love to go four-wheel driving with my buddies. And one of my buddies had a Jeep and we were out, we were mudding and uh, having a great time. And we came out of the woods and the truck, it wasn't mine, but uh, was so caked with mud, that when we came to, the, to a uh, car wash after, on our way home, the car wash actually said, I'm sorry, your truck is too dirty. We refuse to <laughs> clean your truck. Can you even imagine? And we were, I mean, we laughed about it. And we, would, we took it to a spray place where you do it yourself and had a fun time with that. But it's interesting that some people come to church, the car wash, right? And they may feel dirty or they may feel distant to Jesus. Some feel like they need to clean up their act before they come. Kind of like this car wash saying, you got to clean your truck before we clean it, right? Some would say, oh man, if I could just stop swearing or give up smoking or if that grip of addiction or if, I, if my, uh, my theology, if I could get all that right, then I could come, Right? All before putting your trust in Jesus, before you jump in. Or maybe you've been rejected before, felt rejected, and I want to just say, I'm sorry if that's the case. See, the truth is, the Christmas story, the nativity, describes that we're all welcome no matter what. It doesn't matter what we've done, where we've been, what we've said, what we've seen, how we've acted. We are all welcome. And Jesus, the story of Christmas is that he came to save us, to clean our hearts. And the cool thing is, is as I understand scripture, is he has been pursuing you. He's been pursuing you. He's had his eye on you. And according to scripture, we understand that all have sinned, fallen short of the glory of God. That's everybody here. But then we also know that the gift of God 
is eternal life. And we want to offer you a tremendous gift this Christmas. You can call it salvation. You can call it rebirth, whatever the case might be. But today, if you are here and your sins have not been forgiven, or maybe you've been forgiven and you've been kind of lost and kind of away from the Lord for a season, today is a day of salvation. It's a day that you could come back or make a first decision saying, you know what, I'm going to serve God. I'm going to put my trust. I'm going to believe in what the Bible says. And this morning or this afternoon, if that's you, we want to give you that opportunity. So I'm going to ask that your heads would be bowed, your eyes closed, and this is a personal moment between you and the Lord. I'll keep my eyes open because we want to make a connection. We don't want to embarrass anyone here. But if you're here this Christmas Eve, 2016, and you do not know Jesus as your personal Savior, I'm just going to ask that you would raise your hand if you're ready to make that decision to get your life right with God. Who here this afternoon in this first service would say, yes, that's, that's my story. I need to get my life right with the Lord. Anyone at all? For a first time, it, how about those that may be here that you're saying, boy, I may have known him at once, but I feel distant and I desire to get my relationship with the Lord back on track. If that's you, I want you just to raise your hand as well. Anyone all? Yeah. Could I pray for you? Lord, I just pray that in this moment that you would reveal yourself right here, right now. That you would do a supernatural work in our hearts, in our lives. That you would save us. That you would redeem us. You would take away our sins. You would put our feet on a solid rock. Lord, I thank you, God, for the truth of your word. God, I thank you, God, that you have brought us to a moment like this, that you are helping us. You're pursuing us. And so, God, in this moment, we want to respond to you. We want to be grateful for your work in our lives. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, in this moment, we want you to know more than anything that God, his love for you, is so great. He loves you so much that he sent his son. The truth of that should ring loud and clear, I hope, in your hearts and your lives. If you've made a decision recently uh, to serve the Lord, uh, we have got an opportunity, not tomorrow, but the following Sunday, the first Sunday of the year, January 1st, we're going to be water baptizing people. And if you are here and you're saying, boy, I need to follow the Lord in that sort of obedience and you understand what that is, I would encourage you to sign up. We would love to baptize you January 1st. What better day, how to start the year, and we would encourage you to do that. But we want to kind of end our time this afternoon with two extra components here. The first will be, we're going to partake in Holy Communion, the Lord's Supper. And no matter what your tradition is, if you know Jesus as your personal Savior, we would like for you to feel comfortable to participate in, in communion today. And when we talk about communion, I often think that communion is about remembering. 
That's what the scripture says. And it's remembering to look back, which we've done today. We look back at the birth and the life and then the death and the resurrection of Jesus. So we look back. We also look within and we say, okay, God, how am I doing today? And is there anything inside of me that needs to be centered, that needs to come back into alignment with who you are? It can purify us as we confess our sins to the Lord. So we look within. And then the third look is we look forward to his return. And so this afternoon, we're going we're gonna to do that. And we're going to partake together. And the way we're going to do this, we're going to stand here momentarily. And what we're going to do is we're going to have the ushers dismiss your rows. You're going to come forward, receive the elements, and then kind of make your way back to your seats. And then we want to make sure everybody holds the elements until everybody's been served and we'll partake together. But there's another component to what we want to encourage you to participate in if you've come ready to do so. We're going to also have an offering plate at each of these tables And part of our worship, part of our celebration is to bring our gifts, our tithes, our offerings. And I just want to say this is good seed. This is good soil, fertile ground here at the Gateway Church. It's the last service of the year, practically, for those of you that call the Gateway Church your home. And uh, if if you missed tonight, at the end of the year giving, you can give online or by the mail or you can stop by the office. Certainly, we'd receive any gifts before the end of the year. But I want to really focus our attention on John 3.16 that says, Whoever believes will not perish. And we're going to sing a song as we partake or as we kind of get our elements and then consider communion. We're going to do that and we're going to sing about that, about our belief. And, uh, and then we're going to set our hearts before the Lord for one final moment. And uh, so I'm going to just ask that you'd stand and ushers, you can come. In the name. Awesome. You know, when we sing about what we believe and then we can put it into action, we're remembering, remember to look back, we look within, we look forward. And I just want to bring you to a verse in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. It says, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. You know, the element, this wafer that we hold in our hands, it's a representation of the body of Christ. And especially on Christmas, you think, Jesus coming to earth in a supernatural way. We're holding a piece of his body and we're remembering his sacrifice. Just in your own words, in your own way, I just want to give you a a moment just to thank the Lord for his body. Let's do that all across this place. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now let's partake of the body together. And then it says in the same way, after supper, he took the cup saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. And again, we're remembering to look back, to look within, to look forward. And we remember the blood of Jesus that was shed on the cross for our forgiveness. 
It's what provides salvation. It's also what provides healing. The blood of Jesus is incredible. And just in your own way, right where you are, I just want you to say uh, a quick thank you. Let's do that together. Thank you for your blood, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for your blood that makes all the difference for us. This Christmas, we remember not only your birth, but we remember your sacrifice, that your blood was shed for us. And in this moment, I pray that we remember that in Jesus' name. Let's take the blood together. Now that our hands can be clear, I'm just going to ask, if you're comfortable, I want you just to lift your hands to the Lord, just like this. And you know, Christmas is about joy, it's about excitement, it's about Jesus making the difference in our lives. We celebrate His birth, and then we just enjoy family, we enjoy a whole lot about this season. And this morning, as we conclude our service... We want to bring us to that point. Lord, I just pray that you would just fill us with joy unspeakable. And God, that you would, as we leave here, that you would be exalted in our lives, that you'd go before us, behind us, and all around us. We pray this in Jesus' wonderful name. And all God's people said, amen and amen. Let's enjoy this last song together, and then we'll be dismissed. Here we go. Amen.